0: Light of infinite. This week's Parasha of opens with Hashem saying, I appear to Avram, to Isaac, and to Yaakov as El Shaddai, but by my name Yudke Vavke, I did not make myself known to them. We learn from this pasuk, from this verse, that there are levels to revelation. Hashem tells Moshe that he did not reveal the full vision of redemption to the patriarchs. Rashi explains that even without seeing this full vision, The Avot, the patriarchs, did not question the Holy One's compassion and devoted themselves entirely to godliness. Rabnatan of Breslov explains that Hashem is telling us to be like the Avot, not to despair when life's challenges emerge, remembering that we cannot see the full, infinite picture. We are in exile physically and spiritually, living in a time when the ephemeral light of creation is hidden, but we are always capable of tying our awareness to our spiritual promised land. It's our amunah, our faith and divine compassion, embodied in the Yudke Vavke, that can allow us to see the good and do good with what we are given. We read last week that Moshe was hesitant to be a leader. He doubted that he was the most fitting. He had a speech impediment and so even on a practical level, he thought he was the least likely to speak for a nation and plead for their redemption. But Hashem reminds him that as God of the Avot and of the future redemption, anything is possible and the only thing to stop a person from achieving what is meant for them is themselves. Ultimately, Moshe merited that the entire Torah would manifest through him, which is the highest level of physicality, one in which the highest level of spirituality can emanate. Moshe's journey of hesitation and self-doubt is one that we all struggle with, but the lesson is that in the end, he reached the ultimate level of redemption. We see this as we read the Pasuk, I appeared to Avram, yet I was not known to them by my name. Hashem Moshe reached higher levels than all who preceded him. As it's written, no other prophet like Moshe has arisen in Israel, who knew Hashem face to face. The Kuzari explains that one of the reasons why Moshe and his generation merited greater revelation than the previous generations wasn't because of their own greatness, but rather because they as a people had become a multitude, suffering with suffolk, with doubt. Hashem had to reveal himself in greater ways convince them of the truth. Hence, Israel heard the voice of Hashem when he spoke with Moshe as it's written, Behold, I will come to you in a thick cloud so that the people hear when I speak to you. The only greater revelation than Moshe's receiving the Torah will be the final revelation, when everything will be Torah. In other words, the total oneness underlying the seeming multiplicity of the universe will be revealed. This will be the time referred to as Kulo Shabbat, when it will always be Shabbat. I love Rob Shlomo's insight on the Pasuk, on this verse, where we see how to bring godly awareness into our everyday lives. He reminds us that God appeared to each of the Avot as individuals, to Avram alone, then Yitzchak, then Yaakov, revealing himself to each of them in a way that was best suited for their growth into their truest and most expansive selves. In this way, we learn that every action, especially those that we take towards each individual we encounter, is an opportunity for holy revelation and redemption. The Baal Shem Tov used to shiver when he would meet a new person. When asked why, he replied, The Torah tells us, love your neighbor like you love yourself. Ve'haftel re'echa k'mocha. People think re'echa means your neighbor, but it really means the one you are talking to. So you have to give your full heart to each person you are talking to. In order to reveal Hashem in the world, we need to help uncover the pieces of holiness that are in each of us, one by one. There's a famous story of the Talmudic sage Hillel from the first century BCE move moved to Israel to study Torah in Jerusalem with the great sages of the time, eventually becoming the Nasi, the president of the Sanhedrin, the high court. Much like Moshe, Hillel was very humble, and like Moshe, he looked up to Aaron, the high priest, and the way he conducted himself to love peace and pursue peace, love all Hashem's creations, and bring them close to the Torah. The often repeated story of Hillel was originally recorded in Talmud Shabbat. A gentile had decided that he wanted to convert to Judaism. But would only do so if a rabbi taught him the entire Torah while he stood on one foot. The person had gone to other sages, but to no avail. Without giving up, he made his way to Hillel and asked the same. Hillel, with great compassion and patience, replied, What is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. That is the whole Torah. The rest is commentary. Go and study it. In this time of anxiety, self-doubt, self-hate, and depression, it seems that love your neighbor like you love yourself may not be as strong of a statement, as what is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. This teaches us not to do harm or treat people around us in a negative way. Because even when we aren't being the best to ourselves, this pasuk, this verse reminds us it is certainly best to not do it to anyone else. Even if at times we are hateful or overly critical with ourselves. If the commandment is to love others as we love ourselves, and we feel that we don't have enough love for ourselves, then the only way to keep this mitzvah is to increase the love we have for ourselves and decrease the self-doubt and self-hate. Because if we don't show ourselves the proper love, how can we properly love others? The Lubavitcher Rebbe teaches that Moshe embodies the attribute of Chokhmah, of wisdom, of knowledge. And that is why the Torah was revealed through him. The Avot, on the other hand, were the embodiment of Midot, of emotions. As we covered last week, Avraham served Hashem through love. Yitzchak served through awe and judgment, as it's written, Awe of Isaac. As a result, Yitzhak couldn't tolerate evil in the world, and Yaakov represented mercy and reached his level of righteousness by virtue of his complete connection to the Torah. His intelligent emotionality perfected both love and awe, embracing both modes of service. Moshe had elements of all of these, but it was his primary attribute of chokhmah that merited his being the prophet to present the Torah In its revealed state, as it's written, Remember the Torah of Moses, my servant. The Rebbe explains that during the revelation, divisions dissolved and knowledge and emotions were united. In the Pasuk that opens our parasha, Moshe was to understand that even if his primary attribute is knowledge, he must join it with emotion, and thereby strengthening his faith to the point that there would be no question of doubts. The reason the name Yaakov is used when naming the Avot And not the name Yisrael, as the Yaakov is linguistically related to the word Ekev, meaning heal, which represents a lower level of revelation, whereas Yisrael represents the higher redemptive manifestation. When the letters are rearranged, they make the phrase li-rosh, the mind is mine. This is what joins the higher knowledge to the lower heal. When emotions encompass knowledge, they strengthen faith and lead to action. As we learn in the Tanya, love brings a person to do good, while fear leads a person to turn from evil. Whereas knowledge by itself does not lead to action, in fact, it can lead to detachment. And even while learning what to do, one could lose the impetus to do it. This is why the Torah reveals the 613 mitzvot commandments of what to do and what not to do, as pertaining to our divine service. This manifests through action combined with our compassion and empathy towards each other. Learning alone is not Torah learning, so it must be paired with action. This is why our main prophets preceding Moshe were called Avot, fathers, because they acted towards all as parents act towards their child, with both action and compassion. So this Pasuk names each of the Avot, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and Hashem's relationship with them as El Shaddai. This name in and of itself connotes a maternal divine relationship, as the word Shaddai means breasts. There is a sense of being so close to the Infinite One that these high souls were like babies nursing from their mother. But this is still an anthropomorphized, godly relationship. However, with Moshe who perfects the blend of knowledge, emotion, and action, Hashem reveals the ineffable name and the light of the infinite it represents. We see this perfection of Moshe and his relationship with Hashem play out to the point of full redemption of the nation. In Talmud, it expounds on the verse in Devarim that says that there was no other prophet like Moshe before or after and discusses how Moshe's prophecies differed from all others. The sages Chazal say it was as if Moshe saw through a clear lens, while other prophets visions were not completely clear. Only Moshe witnessed the God of the ineffable name, Yudke Vavke, unconcealed form, fully supernatural preceding creation. For the Avot, there were no open or public miracles done, only the hidden miracles of history and circumstance. As an example, rescuing them from the famine or death or war, and their prophetic visions come to them through dreams. That's why, in reference to their prophecies, it says, I appeared Vayera. and with Moshe it says, I was known nodati. Moshe's encounters with Hashem were face to face, one that Moshe was eventually able to bring into being at will, whereas the previous prophets were not. It's taught that the ineffable name is pronounced as Adonai because Hashem, Adon, master of all worlds and beings, and it's his will that cannot be denied. He can alter nature and events canceling normal conduct and adjusting the behavior and essence of his living creatures however he wishes. This is the aspect of Hashem that became revealed in the book of Shemot and the story of our exodus. In this parasha, Hashem reminds Moshe that he can lead the nation, that he could stand up to Pharaoh, and that he can do anything he can imagine. He can manifest as there is nothing Hashem cannot do, and any godly messenger can will fate into physicality. Imagine a world in which we had no self doubt You only saw the good. You only spoke positively. Your faith was full and anxiety had no place. Seems we are further from that space than ever. But if Moshe, with a speech impediment, could become the speaker for the enslaved, freeing them from Pharaoh, we can become our own advocates, to and for ourselves. The core teaching of Rabbi Nachman of Breslov is the Azamra, teaching ourselves to rectify harsh judgment by finding the good point in ourselves and others and judging it favorably, bringing merit to ourselves and others. Music is born of the act of sifting through the bad notes to get to the good notes, because beautiful melodies are the various combinations of the good notes. This is the practice we have to continually perfect in our lives, removing the bad from ourselves and others. When that becomes second nature, we can reach a level where we don't see bad, bringing ourselves to a place of kulotov, all good, a place where all the melodies of life lift us up. Hashem reminds Moshe that, Whatever impingement he feels that he might have, it cannot impede him from his destiny, nor the people from their redemption. Once Moshe was able to rid himself of his doubt and submit to his destiny, he was able to perform miracles. And of course, miracles happen every moment disguised as nature. But if we cloud them with doubt and anxiety, we can't see the miraculous good. With Pharaoh, we see that after each plague, he agrees that Hashem is almighty. But then he forgets, doubts, becomes faithless and fooled again, thinking he is in control and he can save himself. And when Moshe brings the next plague, he begs for it to stop and be reversed, saying that he will allow Moshe to take Bnei Israel out and serve their God. But the plague abates and with it Pharaoh's compassion and he hardens his heart again. I once co-produced a short film for the accidental Talmudist called Schnooks. The short was titled The Parking Spot and one of my favorite actors, Steven Toblowski was the star. You may know him as Ned from Groundhog Day or Jack Barker, Action Jack from Silicon Valley. The scene opens, and his character, who's in a rush to a big money deal, but he's unable to find a parking spot. We hear him on the phone pleading with his colleague to try to stall the meeting. Eventually, he prays, oh, please, God, help me get a parking spot. If you help me get a parking spot, I'll give 10% of this deal to charity. 10% of every deal to charity. And I'll call my mother. Right then, a car pulls out, and he gets all excited and says, wow, never mind, God, I got it. When everything seems aligned, we sometimes think foolishly that it is because of our own doing and not that of Hashem. It's often in those times that we get shaken up and fall from on high so that we could be humbled again. We enter into a space of questioning and then can remember the fundamental answer that everything is in the hands of the divine and that all that we do have is meant to be connected back to its source, to spiritualize reality, not to materialize it. May we rid ourselves of doubt, release the chains of our own struggles and the parts of our minds that enslave us and manifest the promised land within ourselves. Dive in deeper at light of